0: Hello, welcome to episode 4 of the Casually Philosophical Podcast. Recently, Sushant Singh Rajput, a promising Bollywood actor, had committed suicide. People mourned his death because he was just 34, and secondly, there was speculation that the Hindi film industry was a reason for his decision. This brought to light the prevalence of nepotism in the Hindi film industry and sparked a public debate. So in this episode of Casually Philosophical, let's look at nepotism. When we hear the word nepotism, our thought process doesn't instantly recognize the meaning or crux of the philosophy, because the word doesn't give away the meaning easily. Also, this word is not often used in public discourse. This is because people in influential positions are beneficiaries of this regressive philosophy. So the less aware people are about this philosophy, the happier are the people reaping benefits out of it. To start things, let's look at the etymology of the word nepotism. The word has its origin in the mid-17th century. It comes from the Italian word nipote meaning nephew or nipos in Latin meaning nephew. It later transforms into nepotismo in Italian and nepotisme in French and finally as nepotism in English. To understand the word better, the background of Roman Catholic religion is essential. The Catholic Church is structured in such a way that the Pope is the global leader for all the Catholics, and under him there are Cardinals and under them Bishops. Catholic Cardinals, Bishops and Priests take vows of chastity and remain as celibates, meaning they pledge to not partake in any sexual relationship. But in Italy, from the Middle Ages onwards, bishops used their influence to put their nephews in important positions. There are allegations that nephews were their illegitimate sons. That is how the word nepotism took shape. In a nutshell, a layman's definition of nepotism would read like using influence to instate a person in power from one's own family. It can also be called as favoritism, but favoritism is a broader term. Meaning, you can use your influence to instate people you know, not necessarily members of your family alone. Another thing, just because the word originated in the 17th century doesn't mean that nepotism as such was in practice only starting the 17th century. Nepotism has been there since hundreds of years. It is evident because rulers often took this route to ensure power and riches stayed within the grasp of their own family. Moving on to contemporary times. Instances of nepotism are numerous. I am not going to name and shame particular people. Instead, I will share a couple of scenarios where we shall put ourselves in other people's shoes and imagine the scenario. So assume Mr. X has has attended the National School of Drama in New Delhi. He has proven his middle and has given stellar performances in a couple of movies. There is a new movie in the pipeline and a production house is on the lookout for a trained actor. Mr X fits the bill in all aspects, but coincidentally, the son of the owner of the production house wants to become a hero and feels the time has come to venture into films. The production house chooses this person against Mr X. This is exhibition of nepotism. As I say this, there are a number of actors who come to our mind. There is a similar picture in several other fields like judiciary, political parties, sports and so on scenario 2 assume you are in an influential position in the highways authority of india There is a new project to lay roads between point a and point b you invite tenders from various companies as a decision maker you would look at all tenders and choose the company which has quoted the lowest cost to build the road and also those who do not compromise in quality instead if you blindly choose a company owned by a distant relative, then that is nepotism and it is illegal. If you offer it to a friend, then that is favoritism. It's a subtle difference between these two philosophies, but both are not to be encouraged or put in practice. Coming to the larger picture, this creates an unjust world and leaves little scope for a level playing field. So the people suffering are those who have been historically denied access to power and wealth. So it's kind of a double blow to them in that historically they haven't had access to power And in the present-day world, even though they have the required qualification, for no fault of theirs, they are denied access. This is where equal representation and reservations are seen as affirmative measures to help historically deprived communities. To conclude, justice is an enabler for an ideal world. So if you want to be a righteous human being, being just is one of the prerequisites. In order to be just, you should not follow nepotism or favoritism, And also call out nepotis in your field of work. In our own capacities, we should be mindful. I would like to quote Eric Burden who said, It's the need for change that drives us to join forces with our brothers and sisters around the world. But change is slow. We need a change, so let's join forces to change the world. Cheers.